0: what is good let's have some fun it's the fundamism podcast with your host paul J. long and all things fun we'll let the fun begin Woo! What is good ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy Paul J. Long here on the Fundamism Podcast Brought to you as always to our friends over at Charlie Hustle If you're looking for some great outfits, some nice apparel, go to charliehustle.com uh, Locally owned here in KC, we know we have listeners all over the joint But you guys are going to love Charlie Hustle, so go check them out You guys know that every single podcast episode, we like to feature individuals that know how to connect to life through fun. And that's why you guys are in for a treat today. So any of you that have attended one of my keynotes before, understand that I have an individual in my life um, that's been around since I was knee high to a grasshopper, which is interestingly enough because his nickname is the grasshopper. Mr. John Stoner is with us today, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, John? Hey, hey, doing good. Hey, man. Uh, so before we get started, you know, every time I'm out and I talk to groups, like, they always ask me. Like his last name is Stoner. Is that is that real? Like that's your name.
1: That's the name. On <laughs> <laughs> the worst Stoner ever. I don't even do drugs. Uh,
0: but you're high on life. Yeah, high on life always. Consistently high on life. So John Stoner and I have been friends since the fifth grade. Uh, this guy is uh, literally one of the most interesting dudes I've ever met. Like there's the Dos A gentleman, and then there's there's John uh, Winston Stoner. So John. First question we typically start with every single guest is, uh, what do you do for fun, man? Man, I'm always having fun.
1: Uh, lately, the, probably the best things I do is throw darts and ride mopeds. Are you good at either of those things? I'm getting better at the darts. Uh, every time I think I'm getting somewhere, some 80-year-old man puts it on me. <laughs> but, but that's life, man. It's just the way she goes. Uh, what's, the, what's the best dart
0: shot there is?
1: Uh, the best dart shot is probably the three in the triple 20.
0: Yes. yes. And is that how, that's like how you have to break open uh, a game or something, isn't no, it? No, no, no. That's,
1: <laughs> that's something that happens like once a year in the league. Okay. Yeah. The, so, you break open the game with the, you got to hit a double.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. You think you're bill? Yeah, I'm pretty bill. All right. Uh, of course, that question uh, has been something that John and I have consistently asked each other since we were uh, in fifth grade. Of course, it means you think you're Billy badass. And so every now and again, when I haven't talked to John in a, in a long, long while I'll send him a text message and it's just do you think your Bill and he of course responds with uh, the inevitable yes of course I do. Yeah. So John <laughs> we've spent a lot of fun times together man and uh, I think that you specifically in the crews that I talked to are mo- most infamously known as the gentleman that joined me in the, uh, the cat wrestling singlets. Oh the old cat endeavors. Yes uh, so why don't we start there just to kind of lay the foundation of what you're all about. Of course that was all your idea So uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, the idea behind the cat singlets and the melee that (laughs) ensued.
1: Oh, man. We, uh, you know, I saw those on Reddit uh, of all things, all big old, big old fat guy wearing one of those. Like some sort of, I think he was actually wrestling in it. I was like, you know, we got to get that. And I said, I got to get one for you too. You know, you know, we do it. And um, my favorite, my favorite part in those is when we. You were late. I don't know what you were doing. Yeah. You were out with the with the wife and <laughs> came and just moved into this beautiful home. With us. And uh, I got to sit on your porch and I had a twelve a pack of PBR in there. Because well, why wouldn't you, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I sat on that porch crushing them PBRs in that cat suit, talking to your new neighbors.
0: <laughs> uh, mind you, neighbors that I hadn't even met yet. <laughs> uh my first impression of the neighbors uh was of course john stoner sitting on my porch drinking pbr in a cat suit so i i call that winning in life yeah, you gotta set the bar low right yeah yeah well it, dep- it depends right that's notch one i think so uh so then derek jeter's going on his retirement tour so you bought these things and we didn't know what we were going to do with them but you told yeah. me man i don't know but it's going to be awesome and you uh You find out that Derek Jeter's going on this retirement tour. It's the last trip to Kauffman stadium. And you call me and you're like, dude, we, I figured it out. We got this. And so we go out there. And and so what in your mind was going to happen? (laughs) Melee. (laughs) I just
1: thought we were going to go out there, drink some beers, uh, Get picked on by other people, which lures them into the water because uh, Paul and I are masters of the <laughs> zingers and comebacks. And uh, I thought we were going to probably get somebody so mad they were going to swing on us. <laughs> but we, we were in. We, everybody just dug it, man. You
0: know? Man, it was so crazy. Um, I remember the number of photos that we took, Just not not just the first day. But every day after that, I mean, we take 100, 150 photos a game. And I think I told you this. Melissa said that she doesn't want to go to the games with us anymore because, like, going hanging out with the Kardashians.
1: You know, I, I didn't like going with us. <laughs> 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 Couldn't even get a beer. Oh, I man. Can't.
0: But it was fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. We had, we had a good run, man. That was a good time.
0: So, uh, so John, like he said, we're, we're pretty decent at coming up with one-liners and and, and being witty. So we have all these, these cat puns. And there's, like, cat puns for days. So so of course the the key one to our success was strike them out right meow and uh, of course on any two strike count we threw out the strike them out right meow <laughs> it, was, it was unstoppable it was unstoppable <laughs> and of course uh the, the stadium would go wild for it so we typically set up shop out by the miller the miller bar uh or right under the jumbotron and and it blew up the royals went on a 10 game winning streak and we were uh, forever known as the designated litter and uh uh, you know, so much has happened to us since then. I could honestly say that we wouldn't be on this podcast today if it wasn't for that, because uh I mean it's it's really presented a lot of opportunities in I, in my life, and I know it has you as well, John. So through all that stuff, what's been the craziest thing that's happened to you since that day? Oh man. Uh because I mean, like that, that was like the first, because you've always been awesome. And like, you've always been a dude that just enjoys fun. But I feel like that was the moment where everybody started taking notice.
1: <laughs> Probably, I mean, at all that, the, the Wall Street Journal thing was a oh, little much. T- <laughs> that, that was awesome. A uh, heck of a re- writer it was uh, Jason Day, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, to have him calling people that grew up with us and girlfriends and your wife and uh, just getting the backstory, like doing like real journalism on us. <laughs> Let's not go that far. Yeah. But
0: But, uh, but, but then I remember um, it all culminated over at McFadden's that night. We took down uh, the blue Jays. I think it was. Oh gosh. Yeah. And uh, there was some, some champagne throwing you away. Wasn't it? Who was doing <laughs> no, that? I champagne?
1: Forgot, I forgot about that. Yeah. We were out there and, uh, keeping the crowd all fired up and everything. And, uh, then old, old Sal comes out and uh well first Cueto went out there and he did like a half ass squirt of the the crowd and left a p- ton of champagne in there so I grabbed it went out there did it right and then was chugging it and then a uh, Sal came up and gave the old double on there and poured it on me and in my mouth and everything and uh yeah that was that was that was pretty awesome
0: yeah we still got uh, I don't know if you know this uh, you probably still have one as well but I have that champagne bottle. In my basement. Oh, and yeah, I, yeah. I'm sure you do too. Yours is a sign, though, isn't it?
1: No, no. Again, no, no yeah. I, I do like that thing.
0: It though, doesn't man. matter, man. Yeah. We got memories. Yes. We don't need autographs. Nah. <laughs> So that, of course, was Salvador Perez, all-star catcher for the Kansas City Royals. That was uh, that was a, a really memorable moment in our lives. But, you know, so many other things have happened. We've we've met some amazing people. You know, of course, you guys know the story of Noah's Bandage Project. John's been really active in philanthropy. Um, this gentleman, he is known for riding around Kansas City in scooters or on scooters. And, oh. and I think you actually have a, quite the collection of scooters.
1: Yeah, I think I got about... uh well, we got five or six now. Uh, I got a lot of work to do. Uh, winter, winter's coming. <laughs> like they, so, so, I'm going to have some time to get down there and wrench on them and everything. But that, you know, some of those things are only like 150 pounds. And to put my man weight on that and tool around the city, just, it's just like an
0: engineering marvel. So, uh, just in case you're wondering, that was a game of Thrones reference. Now, John isn't always keeping up with the times. It is 2018. He, he just started watching the series, but, uh, is infatuated. So it's top of mind. So, uh, you started a scooter gang, like yeah. you you allow folks to just come roll through the crib and pick up a scooter and and bounce.
1: Yep. What yep. what created that idea? Uh, just thought it'd be fun. Uh, I actually thought about doing some sort of religion with it and getting <laughs> a tax deduction. <laughs> so my plan was to. Well, I, I did. I've gone to step one, and that was to get uh, ordained. Oh, so I've done that. I'm ordained now. Hey,
0: did you know we have something in common?
1: You ordained also.
0: Well, uh, of course, when you passed up the opportunity to. Uh, to conduct—is that what you would call it? Scotty Ann and oh, yeah. Scotty Ann's oh, wedding yeah, with yeah. Andrew. Yes. I, I got the secondary call, so I had to go get ordained.
1: <laughs> right man, yeah, that's a pretty easy process. Yeah, I, I, think pretty, yeah, yeah. I think anybody with fifty dollars could probably do it on the internet. Oh, you easy. paid? I haven't. Yeah. Just... Well, you might not be official. <laughs> <laughs> you better look into that. You gotta get that paperwork. But uh, yes, yeah, so I've done that, and then step two is going to be uh, I have to make a like a doctrine of what. I believe in and you know just having fun partying and then i want to get everybody giving me fifty dollars on sundays and we'll go ride scooters and that fifty dollars will then be tax deductible to them towards the religion oh and we can ride the scooters and then that'll pick up our brunch and mimosas and all that wild stuff
0: mm, are you a fan of mimosas i like the mimo- that
1: all uh that bottomless is trouble <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite beverage of choice Oh, it's, it's the hams. It's, yeah. it's liquid gold. They even talk about it. Call myself <laughs> a hampyan. <laughs> it is a fine beverage. I've been trying to cut back on them a little bit, and uh, it makes me brings great sadness.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you know John, you'll know that he's not very sad often. But uh, interestingly enough, his his favorite beverage is hams because uh, people have called us that our whole lives. And uh, we typically go ham sandwich when we're together. And so, I I mean, I recall this all the way back to, like I said, before the fifth grade. And John and I grew up in very similar uh, households. You know, our parents had similar mindsets and, and whatnot. So... Basically, we grew up doing each other's laundry, staying each other at each other's house every single night, playing video games, basketball, the whole nine. So, we were playing that WWE uh, for for you. What was that game called that we were always on over at Aunt Phyllis's? Oh
1: my gosh! Uh, I just remember those doink hammers. That's, that was my question. So, <laughs> who's your who was your
0: favorite one to play with? Was it Doink the Clown or was it Razor Ramon? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was always Razor. But you man, you would bring those hammers at me. <laughs> Still have nightmares.
0: <laughs> so uh we we're pretty we're pretty big fans of wrestling, at least back in the day. And uh I think it was John Stoner that turned me on to the greatest wrestler of all time, of course, Mr. Rick Flair. Woo! Uh but John, you, you know, you were a big fan. You watched a lot of wrestling. So who were your favorite wrestlers growing up? Oh, Macho Man, he's way up
1: there. Uh Goldberg, he had that nice run like right when I was in high school, you know, so that was <laughs> Seeing that spear always gets me fired up. Now he's on Forged and Fire, which I'm kind of obsessed with now. Dude, where they're making swords? Yeah, yeah. So they made a spin-off where they go and actually use them. So you got some tool sheds out there and ninja gear, some Scottish kilts and everything, going chopping through ice and ropes and everything, and you got Goldberg commenting you know, on it like
0: Dude, I know that you've never you've never passed up a great opportunity. Uh you think that's next in the cards for you? Are you gonna go on that show? <laughs>
1: I might have to. I'm going to burn my eyebrows You already,
0: you already look like a freaking lumberjack. Oh, yeah. I,
1: a I just got to get one of those vests or whatever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, ultimately, hey, if you hear that in the background, that's John's dog. Hey, what's your dog's name? Oscar. Oscar. What kind of dog is Oscar? Uh, a Corgi. Corgi. So I never would have pictured you as a dog guy, uh, and mainly because I feel like both of us are kind of lazy. Yeah. I don't want to go out and have to pick up after the dog. What, what drove this decision? I
1: thought it would help me get out of bed and have to <laughs> be <because laughs> <he's> so lazy. <laughs> So I kind of did it on purpose, and then I thought, you know, the corgi is good enough for the queen; it's good enough for me. It's kind okay, of that, where that came from? Fair
0: enough. And when you say the queen, you're not talking about Lucy, are you?
1: Oh, that's true. She's the little the little queen, but the, the queen of England.
0: All right, It yeah. makes sense. Lucy, of course, is John's beautiful daughter. She uh, she is absolutely amazing, in the light of his life. You know, it's it's funny that you say it. You thought that it was going to force you to to get out of the house and do a little bit more, but. I'll be damned, man, if I'm not on Twitter and Instagram and constantly seeing photos of you napping. So, well, so is it working, I guess, is the question?
1: <laughs> it's, it's helping a little bit. Like, it's, it makes a uh, it pins me wanting to lay in bed versus me picking up a Tootsie Roll off the ground. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes me choose my laziness.
0: Hey, speaking of picking up Tootsie Rolls off the ground, uh, you had the run-in or a run-in with somebody out in front of your house most recently. Oh. With, tell us about that.
1: Oh, man. It was the, the summer of 16. And uh <laughs> remember it like it was yesterday. And uh, everybody lost their damn mind that summer. And uh, I have a lot of apartments around me. And people thought they didn't have to pick up poop for, for whatever reason. And it just got to be a thing. Like, I'm talking in front of my house. There'd just be pile after pile after pile. And I park on the street sometimes. And I got tired of my daughter stepping in that and walking through the house, huh. jumping in the Jeep. Uh, so I kind of tried to do a little activism on that. And... Uh, <laughs> I might have put a man on blast. Uh, videotaped him. Might <laughs> made, have made him come back and get that. Uh, there was one time I was on the porch and uh, had a couple of them hams, and uh, my, my buddies were gassing me up. And I mean, I told somebody he better barehand it when he told me that he didn't have a bag with him. And I, <laughs> and I stood up mean and uh, watched this guy try to find some leaves to pick this turd up with and uh, walk it out of here. That had to have been one of his low lights. <laughs> he had to hold that L and turd.
0: Not to be confused. <laughs> My life <laughs> so when you say you standed up tall on him or stood up tall on him uh john you played college basketball at avila yeah. university for a hot minute you were a freaking stud in high school i mean <laughs> i'll never forget uh you know that first of all we grew up in osawatomie kansas before john transferred to uh, drexel missouri so we went from a 4a school to a 1a is that yeah, a 1A? yeah. but so our, i remember our coach uh our coach was Mr. Welch, and we were having a heck of a half and uh John Stoner gets up and he has the opportunity to shoot these free throws and uh never been n- never played in a varsity game before had nope. you at that point in time
1: nope. First varsity minutes.
0: so yeah. why not you why don't you tell us about that first that first trip to the free throw line, John? oh
1: man you know they, they hacked me. I had to get up there to the line, get my composure and uh Take a couple bounces, you know, taking those deep breaths and everything and uh, throw it up there. It's the corner of the backboard.
0: But that's okay because you had a second chance. Yeah, I was
1: able, You know, I had the, the ability to go up there for redemption. <laughs> a couple bounces. And I was thinking about the first one too much. And uh, that damn thing landed in the middle of the paint. (laughs) It barely made it halfway. And then I got the giggles about it and (laughs) and go about our business.
0: Yeah, so this is the best part. So you get the giggles. Yeah. uh, Going to the locker room. I didn't play varsity. I wasn't good enough. But uh, I hear you guys are getting the business in there. And uh, you still got the giggles. And so what what ultimately ends up happening? (laughs) He he spiked a
1: piece of chalk off the ground, came up and got me in the eyeball. (laughs) good I don't know if that helped me, but I ended up with 20 points that game, so I must have knocked something loose.
0: There you go. Hey, listen, if, if you're if you're uh, if you're an individual that's in leadership and you're tuning into this week's podcast and you're hoping to get something out about how to lead your people or uh, motivate others, th- this is this is the bit that you need to tune into the most. I mean, so this guy took a piece of chalk to the eye, and that motivated him to drop 20 in the second half. So.
1: <laughs> Welsh was a grand motivator, man. He really should have won some awards
0: for that. Yeah, you should up. But you know what that, that begs the question. So we're talking about leadership and, uh, you and I both graduated high school in 99. Mm -hmm. I went to UMKC, uh, university of Missouri, Kansas city. Uh, you actually ended up going to Avalon, a basketball scholarship. We've both been Jayhawks fans our whole life, right? So that never changed, but we had a, we had an awesome opportunity because we were going to these local schools that we could still we could still really hang out and, and uh, stay the night with each other just about every night. Yeah. And so we had a uh, apartment apartment that neither one of us paid rent on. Is that, is that true? You didn't pay rent on that, dude. Did I didn't
1: pay no <laughs> right.
0: We bought the toys. Oh, yeah. We bought all the toys. Oh, yeah, we bought
1: the TVs and the PlayStation. So That's we, we pulled weight. That's we true. took those toys and we left.
0: <laughs> we created a lot of fun experiences, too.
1: Yeah.
0: So uh, you locked down the couch. Yeah. And I locked down the love seat. Uh, you,
1: you were on a futon. Oh, I was on a futon. Jeremy was on smallest guy I got the biggest couch. Was he
0: paying rent? No, he wasn't paying rent either. <laughs> <laughs> so regularly, so our days consisted of if we went to class, and I'm sorry, kids, if you're listening, uh, believe it or not, we didn't go to every single class. But we still manhandled the college experience. So yeah. A's and B's, yeah. graduated. Uh, I think I graduated. What's the three? Uh, cum Laude? Man. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, I don't know. I got, I got a ribbon. to sh- I remember your dad gave me some silver dollars on my, yeah. on my graduation. Yeah. But nevertheless, so we're hanging out. We're having a good time. We used to create some fun games. So either we'd be playing NCAA yeah. um, back in the day, RIP, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Can't do that anymore. And uh, what, was the, what was the deal that we had if you ever got shut out? Like there was a
1: oh you couldn't play for a little bit yeah you, you, to, you couldn't pick the stick up I think got twenty four hours oh man so that was so
0: much pressure yeah you never wanted to get shut out and of course it was in the it was in the second half and, and you got that that goose egg up there you start getting nervous I yeah. mean it's like you at the free throw line yeah, in high we, had that,
1: we had that rule where you couldn't <laughs> kick a field goal after the second half oh yes you, you couldn't break a shutout with a field goal in the second half that's right and then uh, I mean you're playing and next thing you know. Guys that are you know in the other room or doing dishes or anything, everybody's coming. There's a shutout going. You know, they're, all, they're all whispering. They're all whispering to each other. And now you got all eight of the guys that live in the two bedroom apartment all sitting out there watching you.
0: These are all facts, ladies and gentlemen. We are not yeah. telling stories here. Well, we are telling stories, but they're all factual stories. So we're we're playing this ENCA. Um, the best part about this, so of course, in a shutout, you don't get to play for twenty four hours. But what we didn't tell you is, you get three random choices of teams. So you literally press random, and whoever you get, uh, you have one of three choices. So of course, you, you go random first, and you, you get who's terrible. No, back then, uh Harvard, right? I mean, Harvard, but they had oh. the wish, they had the wishbone and all oh, that yeah, stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. But so so you you'd roll the dice again, right? Yeah. And you go again, and you got another suck team. Right. Well, you had one more chance, and whoever you landed on, you had to stick with. And so the shutouts came a little more often than you would you would guess because the teams sometimes were terrible. And there's you know there's a wide margin of of uh, <laughs> of uh, stri- I mean the Alabamas oh, yeah. of the world versus you oh, know yeah. the Harvards are two completely if different. If
1: you got a low low level Big Twelve or SEC school, you just got to take that. That's it's, absolutely yeah, right. Yeah.
0: But Bowling Green. I love yeah. playing with bowling green back because <laughs> they were doing that option and the yeah, quarterback yeah. was super fast. But uh nevertheless, so that's one thing that we did for fun. But John and Jeremy, our other buddy, grew up in Drexel, or grew up in Drexel, they created this amazing game where um one person is elevated laying on the couch, and I don't know where where it came from, but Doink the Clown maybe was the inspiration because yeah, that was it. the name of the game, yeah, right? Yeah, doink.
1: doink. Yeah. So what was Doink about? So we had a I think we would do a like a twenty ounce like Coke bottle. And uh you know, you'd we'd drinking those all the time and so we I was on one couch and he was on the other couch and you would flick this thing up in the air and you had to take it wherever it touched you, And uh and you gotta hope that cap ain't coming down. And it doesn't sound like much, but that that hit it hurt. If you got that on a shin, elbow or tooth?
0: Tooth, yes,
1: uh eyebrow. Oh it brought oh, tears. Yeah, yeah. Oh bridge oh, of the nose. Yeah, bridge of the nose. Um, you're done. I mean, you made what? Jeremy bleed. Yeah, yeah. Hit him on that eyebrow. And <laughs> and I mean I'm talking we just lofting. We're not and it's a eight foot ceiling, so we're not doing anything crazy. And that thing, you get just enough spin on it and get it coming down. So much technique. And it split it <laughs> It's and, all blood. <laughs> It it bruise welts. Yeah,
0: it's a two liter bottle empty. So if you're, yeah. if you're listening, it, it it seems like nothing. But man, when that's coming down from you know six seven feet up, and both individuals are laying down, it hurts like the dickens. But that's just one of the things that we did for fun. I mean, our our whole lives have been riddled with fun, and and so much so that even to this day, we're so far removed from high school and college. Friends and connections of mine consistently ask me, "Does John Stoner work?" <laughs> and uh, what is the answer to that question? Yes, I
1: work. I work a lot, but I just—you uh, never—I'm like a duck. You know, you just see me floating on the water, but I'm paddling like crazy underneath. You know, don't want them to see me sweating.
0: That's true, and they don't, man. Uh, John is—he's uh, actually created a, a a really strong niche for himself. He tears it up. He's worked for Cerner his whole career. And the one—the one thing that that I admire about what John has been able to do in the corporate world is—is is him and I are wired a little bit differently. And so um, specifically there's a new book out. I don't know if you've heard this, but it's called the subtle art of not giving a fuck. <laughs> Have you heard this? This <laughs> is a, it's that's a, real, best, it's a real bestselling talk? book. Yeah. Real talk? So, um, and so I couldn't help but read that title at Barnes and Noble recently and think that's John Stoner. <laughs> and so when I first graduated college, man, I'm out there and I'm trying to climb the corporate ladder. First job out of college was farmer's insurance. And I'm like, I want all the projects and I want, I want to do everything and I want to be known. And, uh, you worked really really hard in the infancy stages of your career but i, I wouldn't ever say that you were the guy grabbing at every straw and saying i'm the guy yeah. so i feel like you've kind of you've kind of found you found something that a lot of people don't understand how to manage and so my question to you is what's been your philosophy working in corporate america so I
1: did run into what you did with all the projects. It is about year five, and I find that year three to five is where people were normally freaking out on my employees and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm a manager now, and, uh, and I can kind of see it, and I know what I was going through. And I, I got to where I was taking on everything because I thought I was going to get more money, and I was going to get everything. You know, I'm doing more work, need more money. But uh, it seems like most companies, you know, that's kind of set in the book. You know, once a year annual review. So you got to kind of time it on when you're working, you know, when you're really pulling in all that extra stuff and when you're not. And that's the part you can control is maybe don't take all that extra stuff, especially if you've already paid your dues. Mm -hmm. And then once you're a manager, you know, your employees are kind of wanting, you know, you have to find what have they done to make it to the next level. So then you can kind of start. And that's that's what everybody sees me doing now is I kind of let them, you know, mentor them and let them kind of run with some of the things that maybe I should be doing. But it gives them the ability to go, you know, on their view and write down something that might differentiate them from another employee at their same level. And then when I'm in there, you know, we're talking about bandying and everything and, you know, it kind of gives the the upper hand to the one that was able to do much. So kind of letting them do a little bit of what I should be doing actually makes me a better manager. It helps their career in I don't, I don't know where it would be wrong.
0: No, I think so. Everybody's trying to master the art of delegation, right? And that's yeah. what it sounds like that you've, you've really found a way to effectively do. I think that the number of folks that I talk to and have done consulting with or when I speak to groups or whatever it may be, and something that I struggle with personally, you know this about me, is is uh, it takes a special kind of person to be able to not wear the weight of the world on your shoulders. And so it's not just about delegation. It's about really not not caring is not the word but finding a way to to not get stressed out about the small stuff which we were yeah. talking about earlier yeah. and so so you know that I worked in Portland, Oregon, and I was director of call center operations for a fortune 300 company. And my wife, uh, Melissa and I were out there. We just had a brand new baby and I was out there for two years. And, you know, it's a company that's been around for a hundred years and industry has been around for a hundred years. And, and I really took great pride in trying to create a culture of experience and fun for our employees. And when, when it wasn't moving as fast as I wanted it to, or, or when I felt like people were stressed out at work, I'd go home at night and I would put all that stress on me. And I'm like, man, I'm not doing, I'm not doing what they hired me to do. Mm-hmm. And all the while, nobody's saying that to me, yeah. right? Like I, I'm still a top performer, but like, I still am stressed in my own mind about all the stuff that I'm not doing because I'm not creating what I thought I could in my mind. So I guess my question is, and what I'm sure many people are wondering is how do you remove yourself from that?
1: You just, uh, the main thing is, is you can't, uh, if you can't control it, I don't want to stress on it. So I don't stress on something that if I know that, they put all my projects on me. I'm going to get my butt kicked. I haven't been able to do testing as much as I want or anything. I kind of just check out. Like, I still do my best, but I don't take anything personal. I understand that I could have done better, and I don't look at it like is uh, respect or, or like on my work. I don't mm. look at it like it's how I would have done it. You sure. Know? So I just endure it, and you know, with the bosses and everybody, you know, it, not. Not fussing, not bitching, and just doing my best, getting through it, knowing it wasn't my best work, but I'm not taking it personal because I'm not stressing about it. And you just get through those rough patches, and then uh, get about your life,
0: and uh, you know maybe you get, you're set up for more success down the road. Hmm. It's so tough, man. And I think you know it's interesting because we did a podcast recently and we talked about it not being that simple. You know how, how many times folks make the excuse it's not that simple. And, uh, and this Vinny Pazianza boxer once said, you know, that it is that simple. You do the thing that they say can't be done and then it's done. You realize it is that simple and it always was. So essentially what you're telling me makes perfect sense. You just got to let yourself go of that. And, uh, and that's something that has taken me a long time to figure out and master. And I actually had to leave corporate America to figure out what that really feels like. And now when I'm in control, because you said you can't worry about the stuff that's out of your control when I'm in more control of my destiny and being an entrepreneur and all that stuff, I feel a hundred percent better. Yeah. So, all right, now let's go back to, to childhood. <laughs> let's talk about all the fun things that we've done together. So, um, John and I actually were entrepreneurs in in college, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I don't even know what, What got us this idea? We created a tree trimming and brush removal company called the Bushwhackers, of course, uh, off of the wrestling team. And uh, we even had a jingle. Do you remember the jingle? I don't remember the jingle. Oh. Do your limbs hang low? Do they sway to and fro? Do you see a big disaster the next time there is snow? Do you have some brush in your yard and you don't know where it should go? Do your limbs hang low? I wrote that. Yeah, Did you man, know that? That's good. That's I fire. never even told it to you. That's fire. Maybe maybe had we released that, we would still be in business today. Let's, let's put that on a trap beat. <laughs> <laughs> we should be
1: mumble rappers.
0: Mumble. <laughs> that's essentially how I walk through life. That's what a lot of people view this podcast as, uh, a mumble rap. So we're the Bushwhackers. We're out there, and we're just we're making ends meet, and we're doing all right. I don't know how the idea came. You bought a pole saw.
1: Yeah. Well, Where, I think, that I- so I think what happened was we were we were doing this work for your uncle. Oh, yes. And uh, we had people in there like, hey, you guys are over there, and can you go into our yard and we'll get, I'll throw you some money? And we were knocking it down, and <laughs> then we uh like, this could be lucrative. <laughs> and uh, we kind of went in on our own. <laughs> I think we winged it, I believe, would be the term. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I don't think there's a ton of insurance or bonding or anything going on. No,
0: I think there was exactly zero of
1: that. <laughs> yeah, we, we paid our taxes, though. Pa- yeah, we paid yeah, our dues. We, yeah. Uh,
0: but uh, I remember, so speaking of no insurance, uh, bond, nothing of that nature, I remember standing on a roof and we were trying to cut the tree limbs small <laughs> enough uh, to where they didn't hinder the roof where they. <laughs> So we weren't tying anything off. We were just cutting them in like two inches. (laughs) That was catchy. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) speaking of catching them. Uh, the coup de gras was when we actually got a a, a Preb's home site. It was a uh, it was owned by one of the Preb's, Art prebes, father of Greg Preb. Yeah. Uh, got that through my mother, who worked for Greg at the time, and we got to do a whole apartment complex. <laughs> to, we got we were sure with the There was an
1: ice storm. Oh. Like this, this wasn't going in and doing some prevention. This was cleanup.
0: No, and we way underbid it. I'm yeah. sure, but we made up for that on Old John Mayberry's house, didn't we? <laughs> so anyway, so. This is the day that John Stoner almost died.
1: Yeah. That was a
0: so, so I'm standing on the truck. Yeah. And, uh, I like
1: the wall, I think the, the bed of the truck, you were on one foot. <laughs> I don't think you were real safe
0: either. No, nah, I wasn't way. safe at all. And so I'm standing <laughs> on it, and uh, we got the pole saw, which extended up to, what, 12, 14 feet, yeah. something like that. And so I got this thing completely over my head. And Stoner is trying to keep it from falling um, on, the, on the roof of the... On the truck. On the yeah. truck. That's what it was. And so he's got this branch that I'm cutting with a chainsaw on a 12-foot pole. He's standing on the uh, the tailgate of the truck. I'm on the, the homemade bed of the truck that we created <laughs> that was about three feet higher than the actual bed of the truck. And then it gives way. <laughs> the limb starts to go. What happens? Uh, it
1: looked like the tug of war when you let go of the rope. <laughs> I I'm falling backwards with this, fall off the truck and uh that damn thing it was somewhere between a nerf football and a basketball. It was yes. a big old it was limb. A big limb. <laughs> and uh, and it fell on me and it and the, the ground was muddy and it it pushed me my hip into the mud like a couple inches and then the 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 thing had a curve on it where it went just, just over me, like the letter like the letter U. Yes. And, and it was like made for me.
0: It was like, I don't know if you, what, what you believe in. You were talking yeah, about religion earlier. Yeah, yeah. It was like, literally, if you didn't believe, that was the moment of divine intervention where you're like, whoa, this is weird. But it, it came around. There's more to
1: that. <laughs> okay, let's talk about so, so anyway, you had to cut that thing off of me, and then I had to dig myself out. That was, that was rough. But you remember what happened later on that day? No. We'd go to the Super Bowl party that we're late to because we're cutting trees. Remember your uncle Branded. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. And the damn Patriots. Won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And it was the first one and it came out of nowhere. So I think that, you know, the, the earth balancing themselves out, you know, I was I was handed, you know, a little bit more slack than I probably deserved there for being an idiot. <laughs> Didn't die. But then I have to deal with these patriot assholes.
0: Man, that's absolutely true. And you know what? Uh, so that brings up a great point a great topic of conversation. So we're diehard Royals fans, but we're also diehard Chiefs fans. And John goes real hard in the paint, like way harder than I, he, he even for years was wearing the red cat suit out the stadium. And I, I couldn't deal with the cold. I, I wasn't that bill, but uh, well, I'm still bill. Nevertheless, it's we'll yeah. the first time he's ever heard me say that. Uh, but you know, John, you've always given me a hard time for, you know, get pedicures, get my eyebrows done, take care of myself and whatnot. I, I'm surprised you haven't called me out on this, this glitter that I have on my shirt. Oh, that looks good. You see, this says, no plays like Mahomes. Oh, I hadn't seen that. No plays like Mahomes. So this like is a it's a little play on the Wizard of Oz. But most importantly, it's geared towards our, our starting quarterback, Mr. Patrick Mahomes. One that John and I have been waiting for pretty much our whole lives. Oh, man. Change the game and how we experience football as yeah. we know it. Yeah. So, like, th- th- how are you feeling right now?
1: I'm, I'm feeling like we've had that ceiling, and I feel like we don't have a ceiling on us no more. You I, know, I always knew we were, we're going to do it good in the regular season, and we're going to go crap our pants in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, and it's, uh, it's tried and tested, man. It's, uh, we've done it for years. We, you know how many 13 threes we see? Hmm. Went, yeah. That, I'd rather be 12 and four than 13 and three. Just, it's just a hateful number. And now I'm like, the, you know, we could do anything. You know, I've seen them out there throwing darts. I'm imagining like we're gonna start with him in there, we're gonna be able to get receivers, you know, be able to get them cheaper. Hmm. We're not gonna have to overpay like Sammy Walker like we did this time. Right. Because he's gonna make, you know, a fifth round pick look like a stud. That's absolutely and true. And that's we're just set up for you know for ten years or whatever. No, you
0: think uh yeah, <laughs> yeah, thank you for doing that. <laughs> yeah. He knocked on wood. Yeah. Do you think that um do you think there's anything that Patrick Mahomes can do about our secondary? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> All right, so you there know, is a ceiling. there. there. <laughs> well, I, I mean,
1: but he can keep us in a that shootout. Is, that is yeah, true. He can keep us in a shootout. That's and true. if you look at the 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 corners, aren't rated terrible? Like they're they're higher. If you look at the actual ratings of them all, it's it's Skandrick's actually our highest rated corner right now. Well, I mean, he's is,
0: actually coming on the last yeah, couple of games yeah, so too. That's,
1: that's going pretty good.
0: So you you want to make a prediction at all? Or you you don't go that route. Um. uh yeah, I think we we're in Super Bowl. Okay, <laughs> of course it. we've you said, said that. it, here, yeah. folks. <laughs> we've said that for the last twenty years. Just so you know,
1: yeah, we had. A, I, I said that one time on the news. We went six and ten.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the first time you were on the news either. Probably not, not. That was. I was
1: waiting in line. I mean, that was the year that remember we used to go and we had those top corner ones. And we even had my dad go. One of my best moments was letting my dad. use my coat at a game because forever you know you're going to go oh you don't know how to bundle up you know you kids don't know nothing and uh he's that he worked on the dock and was always cold and thought he had masterful cold techniques (laughs) and and gear and to have him be underprepared and actually when i offered the coat he took it it was like a it was was a good moment for me you know like i told you so
0: your dad is the master of passive aggressiveness (laughs) and uh so Another amazing story is uh, so Stoner had a, a house over on Cherry in Kansas City. It was actually his dad's house. And so growing up in college, uh, John had a roommate uh, we called him the, the worm. The worm. <laughs> um, and he, I never saw the guy. He never came out of his room, No, but, uh, he was very fickle. I remember, <laughs> I hope he's not listening. Uh, he complained a lot about the noise. Yeah. Um, but John and I would frequent seven 11. We would go down and we'd get some seven 11 cups and we'd get slurpees. Yep. Like we love these slurpees. And uh, we're college kids at the time, so we're just we're turning up, we're having a good time, we're playing a lot of video games, drinking a lot of Slurpees, and we're leaving we're leaving Slurpee cups all over the place. <laughs>
1: wasn't kosher. It wasn't
0: kosher. So uh, so John Stoner's dad, uh, coincidentally also named John Stoner. <laughs> uh, what are you? The third? The second? I'm second. The second. Uh, but only number one in my heart. Well, I appreciate it. So so Big John Stoner, he sits me down and he says, uh, "Hey, Paul." You had somebody in your life that you cared a great deal about and they were doing something that that they probably shouldn't be and and, and you know reality was causing some problems you you tell them wouldn't you? you you tell them, right and I said well well yeah I guess mr Stoner I would he said well good because I'm getting sick and gosh damn tired of all these slurpy cuffs all over my- House. <laughs> and that was the day when I realized don't cross John Starter, zero to a hundred real quick. Right. Oh man. So we've had oh, man. so many fun times. I mean, uh, just in closing, let's talk about some of the other, like real quick blast fun things we've done. So we used to do some work with my, with my uncle Dave. And, uh, so we've worked together until he got to Cerner and I got to farmers respectively. I mean, we worked together for a long time. And so commercial maintenance was the gig. We spent a lot of time in super hot attics together yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, laying some some really itchy stuff, yeah, yeah. right? Um, but he, my Uncle Dave, he owned these office suites, and uh, there were no windows in the center units. And so I remember turning the lights off mm-hmm. and you and I laying down on the ground <laughs> yep. and rolling around and whatever happened <laughs> happened. <laughs> Steamrolling. Steamrolling. That's absolutely right. So can you think of any other fun things that we used to do or fun situations that we got ourselves into? Man, we used to take those naps in the
1: warehouse. Oh. Who would store mattresses in the warehouse when you got two dinguses for employees? But we were in there, uh, the the wiffle ball.
0: Oh, before you get to that, though. (laughs) So the wiffle ball was awesome Mm -hmm. because... Because you did something that no person would ever do, and we'll talk about it in a second. But on the mattress deal, so Uncle Dave would store these mattresses. Uncle Dave is the master of finding cheap stuff. And basically, he was a hoarder before hoarding was a thing, before there was a TV show about it. And so Uncle Dave had these mattresses. Well, they were still wrapped in plastic. And so what we do is we take naps on these things, but... We didn't necessarily think about how loud it was when we got off of them. <laughs> so I, I'll never forget Uncle Dave walking in the big old warehouse and be trying to creep off the mattress and the plastic. And give it away. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, so as you're listening to this and and people are often wondering, like we talk about connecting to life through fun, they always that's great, man. But how do you have fun at work? These are all things that we did to have fun at work. And I'm not saying they were always acceptable, but sometimes it's okay to take five, 10 minutes out of your day, go for a walk or lay down on a, on a mattress or play some, some home run derby oh, yeah. with a, a tape ball. Yeah. 'Cause we uh so it was a whiff was it a wiffle whiff, ball that I, you typed? I think off it from?
1: was at one time, but we kept having to repair it. <laughs>
0: okay. So the thing that you decided to do, uh, that not everybody you wanted to be all time pitcher. Yeah. Why?
1: I like watching I like putting the different spins on the ball <laughs> and uh just watching it bend and everything. I thought that was more fun to me than swinging, And uh I'm I'm not a very good I'm not a very good <laughs> batter either. That, that might have been where some of the enjoyment came from. But uh yeah, well, I like throwing it better and hit it.
0: Oh my goodness! So we would sit in this warehouse for hours on end, and he would just throw me. He would throw me this tape ball, mm-hmm. and I would hit dingers. Um, you didn't hit that many dingers. All right, I mean, in my in my head, I hit a lot. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the last thing that we used to do for fun at uh, Old Dave Stansfield's. Uh, shout out to Uncle Dave. What's good, man? I hope the, I hope that you're enjoying retirement. So John, uh, uh, he owned a lot of a uh, lot of land. Yeah, and so he always. I feel like Uncle Dave liked to live vicariously through us. Oh, yeah. And so you remember that time when uh, he took us down to his land in Paola, and we took the skeets out there. We were skeet shooting. Mm -hmm. you remember that yeah i'd never shot a gun in my life but i (laughs) shot i shot that duck hunt time and time again yeah so what he had us doing is he had two ways to throw these skeets so we had the the thing that you that you set up and then you stomped on it and it Mm -hmm. launched it and then we had the manual things right Mm -hmm. so he gets up there first and he's trying to shoot these skeets (laughs) he misses the first four of them so (laughs) you and i we're going ham we're cracking jokes we're making fun of them Mm -hmm. he says you you think you're you're hey what's up pepper how are you buddy (laughs) So John actually owns a zoo here. Uh, we not only have the dog, the corgi, this is Pepper. Pepper's been here since day one. Pepper is, uh, I was hoping that Pepper, is Pepper a boy or girl?
1: Pepper's a girl. She's a rescue. She's four, 14 now. She's 13 when I got her. She's
0: an old lady. Hey, Pepper, get right up in there in front of the camera, man. People want to see hi, Yeah, Say, say, say hi, what's Pepper. It. Go, go sniff it. So ultimately, uh, Uncle Dave, he... he He didn't do too well shooting them Mm skeets. So he says, You you, you think you could do better? I said, Hell yeah, I could do better. Never shot a gun in my life. I get that shotgun. I I nail the first six. (laughs) You're you're on a heater. I I hand him that gun back and I say, Here you go, Rook.
1: (laughs) He's probably still mad about that. Oh, he's so mad.
0: (laughs) John, it's been an absolute blast. Man, I think this is the start of many more to come. I, I think we should feature uh feature you at least once a month. I think we could do some really fun things on this podcast. You got anything to say? Any closing remarks you wanna you wanna leave these fine folks with?
1: Uh it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Uh make sure you guys Uh, Just do what you want and have fun out there, man. Cheers.
0: Connecting to life through fun. Mr. John Stoner here, best friend since the fifth grade. Hey, let loose. Try to get out of your head have a little more fun. If you don't know how to do that, go to fundamism.com. Also, the book's about to drop. It's got a November release. We got an early release going on right now. So if you go to pauljlong.com forward slash fun book, you can register for that free or uh, I'm sorry, that early release. It's not free, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, And the reason why it's not is because a portion of proceeds are going to uh, pediatric cancer research. So as always, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in. Have fun today. And remember, be good.